Merry Christmas, everybody. Before we get started, I want to make sure you all take some time and follow Dexter Banfield's podcast, The House Line. Dexter and Justin are getting ready to launch their show, and it would be awesome if you send them some love as they embark on their podcast journey. On to today's guest. Everybody knows him. We all love him. Anthony Board, dedicated father as well as a basis for various projects. He is no stranger to the local scene. We sit down and discuss current issues, social circles, recording, and putting in the work. Episode 10 starts now. National icon Brian Can. Hey, fella. Oh, no. <laughs> Couldn't get Blinky today, so instead we get Mr. Anthony Board, who's also a national icon. Hey, I'm just a plan B, apparently. Plan B. Plan <laughs> A right now, because if there's no plan B, if there's no plan A, you know. Hey. Blinky sadly got injured, yeah, and he's boy. very busy time here. Blinky, we hope you get better soon. Yeah, boy. It was good seeing you performing with uh, the injured arm, though. Yeah, it Blinky and a cast, boy. It, I mean, it was still Blinky at the end of the day. He still put on that performance. Fun fact, so that was the first anti-everything set I have ever seen where they did not cuss. True. Even when they did um, EBMC, EBM, they did, they it did was, a, a censored version. And I just like, oh, I like this. It was <laughs> it was for the kids, man. Trinidad and Tobago State <laughs> Development Show was yeah. passed last week. And those who didn't come, it was free. And it was probably one of the better shows. Well, for the parts that I went to, it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah how did you? Well, it. you guys played. Good night, Parliament played the Owls. Yeah. Um, I always refer to you guys as the Owls. Eh? That's fine. I think a lot of people from the West do. Yeah, the cross keys and Owls, <laughs> man. Well, they're well, freaking Illuminati rock. Wow, look where you reach. <laughs> Next level, <laughs> all C and I. No, well, um, you guys, you guys played. You guys played along with that everything. Um, I don't think the third band made it. But what was your thoughts of the show playing it in the warehouse? Oh, man. I loved it. Uh, we shot a promo vid for Skyrock a couple of years ago when I was in Supernormal. Uh-huh. And I would be inside there and, well, knowing it from the skate park itself, I was like, man, this would be an amazing spot for rock shows. And then finally getting to play it Saturday gone. And it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, boy. I was real disappointed that we couldn't play it because... um. One of our members, mom's birthday, and he had stuff to do. And hey, family first, man. Family first, you know. But hey, but next year for sure, big up Sean Ross and, and hey, the Trinidad yeah, Tobago Skate Development. I mean, I always like to see a DIY movement like that. And mm-hmm. that that show was <coughs> pure DIY, man. It rained. Those who didn't come, rained about, it rained about five inches. Oh, man. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, by the way, thanks for the umbrella. Oh, yeah. Needed to use that. Break up the umbrella. Even yeah. though I got soaked on the way in. Yeah, well, I had to take um, small madam to the bathroom, which was out in the rain. Oh, dear. <laughs> so I got slightly soaked. Well, the thing is, um, that whole thing came together in a matter of three weeks, huh? Yeah. And I was there, and one of the Beijing guys was like, where's the tappling? Where's the tappling? He goes to Sean. He's like, Sean, where's the tappling? And Sean's like, boy, the tappling on the roof. Because they, what happened is things were getting wet and they wanted yeah. to make sure that the ramp doesn't get wet because you know, people who haven't been to the skate house, it's an old gutted warehouse in the back of Boy Marine. 
Um, it these, has holes in the floor. These guys have repurposed it to a skate park where they put a half yeah. pipe. Some quarters. Um, uh, a couple around. rails. Um, it's, it looks like if you've ever played Tony Hawk Pro Skater... It is one it's of like that. the coolest graffiti spots in Trinidad yeah, that nobody is. knows about. And the fact that you guys played a show there. It was it was so fun. I got to help them organize it. I was real <laughs> stoked because when Sean's like, I want to show us, I was like, I know who you had a call. <laughs> um, I'm, really, I'm really pumped that it came through because I think like a DIY scene like that will help our local music in yeah. a big way. Because one thing that I was really glad to see a lot of kids. Yeah. It was, was it was actually well attended skate skaters wise, yeah. and a good couple of people from our scene came. Yeah, I saw Scott Homer there, Paul Amar. Yeah, you know those guys. Um, Zach, Zach Carpenter was Zach there too. Sure. Yeah, uh, of course, anti everything brought their people. Of course, and it's cool because to me it seems like I don't know about you, but I ha- I don't see people skate as much as like I used to back in my day. Oh, the, well, see it's overly frowned upon in public yeah you know and do you really want to go and I mean if you're a skater you could just pass by Nalis and see that'll be a nice reel yeah yeah yeah. but then spots and then you'll see you know okay I'm gonna try that and then two police show up out of nowhere and beat your ass oh yeah they can't (laughs) say you can't do that here they have big signs saying no skating allowed yeah so it's 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 annoying it, w- it used to be good, like, before they developed the park behind Movie Town, uh-huh. Port of Spain, where you used to see these guys actually go and do skating there. Yeah. Even Bawamada, if you remember who Bawamada is, he used to skateboard, and he used to skateboard right there, too. And this was literally before he was Bawamada. The kids are going to have to hear as well. We're not going to say who he is, but you guys have to look it up. And in the first place, nobody comments who Bawamada is. Yeah. It's Yamada. No, Bawamada. Bawamada. Yeah, he didn't put the in between. <laughs> I actually went to school with him. Yeah? He went to school with me and Scott Homer. Oh, snap. Um, yeah. St. Monica's, right? Yeah. 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 Big up St. Monica's. Yeah. <laughs> we had the conversation before the podcast started, all right? I'm just yeah. not that... We're, we're just having fun. <laughs> we're just having... No, but I think counterculture like that is essential because that's how you build a scene. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm not going to lie. It's been rather disheartening every time I drive past the stadium. Yeah. Is the Crawford Stadium. You can see where they were doing skating inside of Hazy Crawford, where all the ramps, all the quarter pipes and everything is just packed to one corner and being weather beaten. I believe those were, um, that was Anna Roberts brought BMX. Um, I think that was a BMX culture thing. And they had a big show in I think so. Saint, not St. John's. But I know a lot of skaters were using it as well. Yeah, but you could. But when, it was, hum- when it was set up. They're humongous though. They were nice. Those things aren't small at all. But they were ply. But these guys have concrete. And you go inside the skate, the skate warehouse and <coughs> you Sorry. see the broken boards like up on the wall, like oh in a rites of passage, the graffiti, yeah. the pink panther on the ramp. You know, it's so is, good. Israel is vibe Z-Horse. And that is, you can't get, you see, as much as you would like <laughs> want the government to build a skate park for you, I think these guys having their own place like that with kind of part of the counterculture. Because these guys, because I'm in their WhatsApp group, and they're mixing, they were mixing concrete. Mm-hmm. Weeks on, these guys taking their own money. Yeah. And putting but it to bags unfortunately, and going down with bending BRC and doing it themselves, you know. Well, and what is very unfortunate is that 
this is not a cultural norm. Skateboarding is not a cultural no. norm. Roller skates are a much lesser version of a cultural norm for Trinidad. Yeah. So, unless it's a cultural norm, anybody in power, any big company or government, whatever, they don't care. They don't care at all. They want to apply to the masses. They want to appease the masses. And the masses don't care if you try to do that. Remember they, um, Kamala once brought down Shaq? Did she really? I did not know Shaq that. Shaq came down. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Shaq. The Shaq came to turn out. I did and not know uh, that. I think he was paid some upward of two million TTS. Some exorbitant amount. And I'm just like, okay. And then what? what's going on with that program right now? Not one. Thing. Oh, yes. Hoop for life. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Where they're trying to push basketball. And in, mm-hmm. in now I remember. Now, granted, basketball is a thing. Great. Yeah. And I'm happy. It's just basketball is a thing, not skateboarding. It's yeah. a much lesser note. I mean, it comes back to, like, you look at the demographic of the people who are into skateboard and stuff like that. Like, I think the government kind of watches it. Like, you know, there's a bunch of white kids from the West, so they have money. So they should be able to do their own so thing. So they should be able to do their own thing. I guess, yeah. But then we don't have the facilities, the venue for that. Then we have that skate house that's been around for quite some time. Yeah. And exactly what's happening where everybody put contributes their own money towards maintaining it to yeah. some point. You know, it's still happening to this day. If it was that the government or mini- let's just say Ministry of Sport yeah. actually cared enough that, you know, we applied, we will put on our own money. We don't want your money. We just want your blessing for utilizing the venue. Mm-hmm. We know it's condemned, but we're, we are the ones that are maintaining it. Give us your blessing. Give it well, in writing, obviously. Yeah, give us something to, to <laughs> use it. But you know what? And we will fix it up on our own. You know what? The fact of the matter is, it's part of skate culture to be that rebellion. I guess, yes. You know, and the DIY aesthetic. It's, it's not a finished product. It's rough around the edges. And well, the if f- we are in control of it, then it stays like that. Yeah. But at any point in time that anybody's there, that we do an event like that. Yeah. Police could come and still shut us down, they no matter if we down. got the okay to do it. Yeah, well, there is that. But the you know what? could have been halfway through our set, and police roll up. Yeah, okay, done. Everybody bust it. Good night, Parliament. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> How did I know you were going to do that? I, I come. It's my podcast. I create the puns on this show, right? <laughs> it's my punishment. Yeah. You, well, you got that right. <laughs> Good night, punishment. No, well, I mean, it's cool. You know, TT Skate Development, you guys check them out on Facebook and stuff. The event will probably happen again next year. Look out for it. They promise it to be bigger and better. Going to get, hopefully, get some more money, some more bands on. Talk to Sean, any of the skate guys. If you skate and you want to place and you want to get involved and help, give them a shout because, you know, all hands better. You know what I mean? And yeah. They can, the community's small, and anybody, even if you just skate hobby and just being around people that like, with similar ideas and stuff, you know, you can get better. It's the same thing I think that we should have with our, you know, musician yeah. community to an extent. Um, I think that um, the DIY aspect of anything is always good. Yeah. Because we have cases where we have um, musicians basically opening up their own, doing their own recording studios and stuff in, in their house. Yeah. And 
it may not shout be shout out to Donny. Shout out to Donny. Um, you guys <laughs> recorded stuff with Zach. Shout out to Zach. Yeah. Shout out to um, well, Banga Seed. Banga Seed. <laughs> oh yes, Banga Seed. And shout out to, to our boy, most mentioned on the podcast, Marty. Yes, of course. You know, and it's like that's how it all starts because I, I think I believe if you're putting out at least good product, yeah, it's worth mentioning and it's worth people going and checking it out. I understand. You know, if you want to do your own thing, by all means, do your own thing. But don't think that you're now doing your own thing for the first time and you have an experience that you're going to be putting out the best produced song ever. It takes time. It does. It, it takes, takes time. It take, not only time, it takes experience. You could be doing it for 20 years and do what? One recording per year? That's an experience. Yeah, it is. And people have to, I mean, I've heard this said, like, art is never completed, it's just released. Yeah. And the same applies to music, because if you ever have a chance to check out one of the greatest albums ever made, um, Soundgarden Super Unknown, um, the 20th anniversary has an extra part that's on iTunes with all the demos. And you listen to the demos, what they had, and how rough and completely different before the ones that we grew up with. Yeah, and the nice polished. The polished and the producer saying, don't put this part here, change this word here. And you hear the difference of how it is after a, pol- after a producer goes through it. That's experience. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean pure it's just, it takes time. Like and these, they have some, they have like, for example, um, Buck, yeah. Marty, Zach three really experienced guys when it comes to the local rock scene and producing good music. Donnie's getting up there. Yeah, he's, he's I, getting I rem- his wings. I remember when he started compared to now and fast improvement. And he yeah. could only be going up from there. You know? So, what's your um, take on, because I know you're, you're into this streaming thing, you know, you do your internet streaming and that kind of stuff with Twitch. Mm-hmm. How you as a content creator in general mm-hmm. right how do you wage how far you've improved when you keep comparing yourself to like say completed finished products that are like we established and stuff like that like how do you what's your how do you wage how far you've come when you've started because I know like for example if I release a tune or something like that I would be like I'd want to compare it to be like you know completely random trying to compare to like a fully established something that's been 10 years in the making but you don't know right you're like how do you cope with that kind of comparison if you get my question um I think I do so I'm gonna try and answer it in different points of view Um, when you you now start off and you and you compare what you've just done when you're now starting off to something that has been around or polished something exactly you, you start to see okay this is I don't know. I don't understand. I, I thought that this is the shit. Like how easy it is. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, this is, this is easy. And I thought I put out quality production. And then as time, literally as time progressed, so from last year to now, I haven't done much streaming. You know, I've gotten into the two bands at the same time. So that actually took up a lot more time than I expected. But I would still stream in between. And I, I do watch a lot of other streamers ones who've been in it for years and man social media especially doing something like that that's a whole day thing if you want to have a day job and do that don't have a kid <laughs> to have, i mean it's it's funny because i see i see um 
Jared actually shared an article today. I don't know if you read it about managing your your side hustle mm-hmm. with your job, and it, it just basically interviewed like three entrepreneurs and turned out how they go about doing it. Like right. while they have a full time job, They're like oh um. I don't do my work during, I don't do my side hustle during my work hours. I only do it during my lunch hour. I'm up from four o'clock in the morning, finishing the thing before and stuff like that. I mean, I'm telling myself, like, boy, I could barely get time to do a freaking podcast. And I get people come to my house four o'clock in the morning before work now. Huh. Yeah. Uh, no, but sure. <laughs> it's, it's tough. But how do you, like, I mean, how do you cope with, like, possibly smile disappointments or, the frustration that you feel like if I dump more time into this I can be better and you just can't because of life um I've come to terms with it doc I've come to terms with it yeah I stutter um that's okay <laughs> I've come to terms with it because at first I thought it w- you know the more I do it uh I would be getting more fans more viewers uh more people paying attention but ultimately that's not the case yeah Right, it's so, as much as everybody's doing it, and it's relatively saturated. It's still a niche market. You need to get into something in particular. It's like me and podcasting. I mean, it's it's kind of niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what kind of people? Because we still society that listens to radio. So I just wonder, like your perspective is like you know how like it's so easy for you to get the analytics, like X amount of people viewed. Yeah. Well, thank God for that. In at least with Twitch, mm-hmm. and they have other uh, third party that is closely knitted with Twitch that you can use. Like Stream Elements is, an, is a website that you could it's free. They give you an OBS. It's fantastic, and you get so much detail. Sometimes you have no idea what it <laughs> what they mean. Mm-hmm. But later on, you're like, oh, so that's what that was, and oh, okay, all right, oh, so th- I could make this go up, and you know. As if I do something slightly different. Like, uh, there's a friend of mine, Shannon, Shannon Kalibasad, big up. He said, if it is that when I started streaming, I didn't have any camera. I yeah. refused to put on camera. They won't show your face. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, not necessarily I want to show my face. I didn't want, to see peop- I didn't want people to see my dirty ass bedroom. <laughs> I didn't have enough. a backdrop. I just had a dirty ass bedroom. But um, he was like, bro, if you really want to do the streaming thing if you want to get serious man put on your camera even if it's a shitty camera put it on later on when you get more money or whatever you could buy a more HD camera fine and I can guarantee you you'll get more people and so said so done I went from my strong two viewers to my strong five you (laughs) doubled your viewership with a camera nice I know but nonetheless, he wasn't wrong. People, a lot of times, want a face to connect to besides just a voice. Okay. Now, I'm not doing video of my podcast. That's Fuck for that. fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, that, if, I, was, if I really was a lot more popular when it came to the daughter that I was streaming, yeah. I would need to show my face because people already know what my face looks like. Mm-hmm. And if I decide to do a stream with my face on, well, then, I'll, yes, I will get more people. So how do you balance um, the content you want to do versus the content that people expect you to do for shares? Ha. How come you haven't become um, Anthony Board Fortnite streamer? First of all, you. <laughs> Fortnite. Okay, no. 
I'll, let me just give you a quick caveat to that. I, it's not that I don't like Fortnite. I don't like the hype that Fortnite got. But that's the thing. For though. no reason. Well, but Fortnite was an overnight success in the sense exactly. that... Exactly. That's why I don't like the hype that it got. I, I installed it full, like within the first week that it came out on PlayStation. Yeah, I played a little Fortnite myself. I, you know, I opened it. I came third out of 100 people. And I'm like, Fucking this game must be shit if I came third in, out of 100 people. So I deleted it right after. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, no challenge. But you see, have you ever thought like, you know, maybe I should just play the game literally like you know let me let me stream some fortnite get some followers and then i'm gonna branch back into my daughter no or that is because then i'll be doing something i didn't really want to do i don't like the game so i'm not gonna want to put any sort of effort yeah but if it's your first time you you came third you're probably good at it Uh, either that or just a lot of people just didn't know how to play it properly back then okay i played it i played it as a strictly as a shooter not how people now decide to build full castles while shooting you at the same time. I'm sorry, I don't have that much attention to put it. I mean, that's just that's, that's why I couldn't get into Fortnite. And that's the only game where you get shot and then all of a sudden it becomes a build-off. Yeah. Like, it's tough, so but I, the kids seem to like it. Well, great. they seem to like yeah, um, but that mine, Minecraft, Minecraft as well. I mean, but and I wasn't big into Minecraft either. I'm not knocking Minecraft. Uh-huh. But because I've seen what people can do, where people have made working full-on machines you step on this and it actually has a chain reaction it works and yeah. it's like wow you can do that within a game so that did not originally had that intention so uh, these what? games are really popular and mm. fine game jacket jacket is popular they made millions great but if it's not what i'm into i'm not really going to be playing it to the full extent. But the thing is, ability. I mean, the reason I ask is because I bring yeah. it back to music a little bit because right. I sometimes struggle in the sense that I would like to do the music I like, but but if I do the music I like, nobody else is going to really want to listen to it because it's for me. Right. As a band, if you want to play shows and you want to get bigger, you have to play what people want to hear. Not necessarily. Really? How so? Let's hear this. Um, so, you know, I was with Supernormal for a couple yeah. of years and stuff like that. I'm not going to lie. The first year and a half, I was with Supernormal for four years. The first year and a half, we played to either mostly empty crowds, to five people in a crowd, to even a full crowd where people are staring at us, not jumping up and down, not singing our lyrics. Just watching. Just, it was a stare off. And I'm not going to lie, that used to frustrate us all the time. And we got shows all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody just wants to hear fishing in. Talapia. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the crowd would only ever light up anytime we did that. So we decided we're going to keep that for last. Because we don't want to do it first and then play a set. And during the rest of the set, everybody's just walking out filtering out to the venue yeah that's your closer that's but how you, you close yourself. we continued playing and playing and playing the same originals over and over maybe with one cover in between mm-hmm. you know we didn't have a set cover we just did it did different things and stuff like that until by the second year nearly every single show onward between that and until Johnny and my, myself left Jonathan Agostini and I left people were singing Every song, word for word, 
knew when the breakdown was. So if you really want to push your originals that nobody knows, obviously, you're just going to have to kind of drill it into the head. Yeah, but they, they also have to be some sort of something to the song. It has to be somewhat catchy. It has to be relatable. It has to, at least one thing has to be able to hook people. So if your song, if you're playing an original for two years and people are not digging that at all at any point in time, trust me when I tell you, that's one of your tracks that will be on the album that you are not releasing for your music. That, okay, so that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep dive. Yeah. That's when you want you, the deep You felt creative, you wrote a song, and I'm not going to lie, it probably sounded amazing. But to grab a whole crowd at a show, probably not. So how do you know when you and Nibod have something that actually works? How do you wage from a crowd whether or not they enter your tune? You go from like direct feedback when people talk to you, do what... How do you guys, like, when you're working with a band, you tell, like, hey, guys, this is how we had to do this song, how, with using your experience? All right. Well, with Supernormal, we used to get a lot of people coming back and telling us, hey, what is the name of that song you played two songs before? Fishnin. Like, Fishnin was the... The spot. The, yeah, the, the, spot the bookmark knew, of yeah. every shoe. <laughs> and, you know, we'll say, hey, it was this song, and we're recording this song. Because people started to like it. Uh, with Banga Seed, people were coming and like, hey, I really like this song, the song that y'all started off with. What do y'all call it? Well, we say it, we always say the names of the songs, you know, in the song. Usually it's the chorus. Yeah, but... <laughs> but um, people, a lot of people would come back, feedback on their own. Oh, you know what? I didn't really have much shame in myself. I used to come out what do you think about that song? That was a brand new song we just wrote. Hey, yeah, it was good. I like the breakdown riff or something. And you fine tune it. You know, you start to go back you and, listen and you listen to the reviews. Okay. If somebody says this entire song is amazing except for this one part, up to you if you wish to change that one part even slightly just to maybe get it to go or un- try to understand why these people are saying this one part is just songs kind of off compared to the rest of the song or just go strong and just play it as you've written it I hear there's a lot of songs that big 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 bands that we listen to on a daily basis have gone through that they've changed over nearly complete songs before they were recorded and the songs that we know now have been tested and true with their live performances and people review or even Big time producer saying, hey, change this word. Change this riff a little bit. Go back to Bring the same thing the I'm telling you about like when um Correct. they hear things how it used to be. So what's um so I mean now as I make no joke about it when I say I'm a good night Parliament fan. I Yay. thought the last album was pretty damn good. Only album you have right now. Yeah, but that's but the, the one album one. I downloaded. It There's was like, a yes, next it's, it's, one coming. Oh, tell us what's going on with that. I can't. Man. You can't. You're no. under an album embargo. Yes. But you guys <laughs> are in the studio. So how's your creative process? Because that's a complete, like, you know, I remember you asking me about, like, you want to stretch your um, bassist wings a bit yeah. and try and experiment a little more gear-wise and tonally. Yeah. How is the creative process with a band like Goodnight Parliament in comparison to some of the other projects you've been in? And okay. Well, um, well, before I go to Goodnight Parliament with Bangaseed, it would be everybody was open to write your own song. You have an idea for a song or you have an idea for a riff, mm-hmm. bring it to the band room. Let's tune it out. Let's see if we can expand on it. 
Okay. And if we realize that by the next practice, we, you know, either forgot the riff or we just can't get anything, that goes on a back burner. And we, and we built songs like that. Okay. And so there was a build, we're right in the band room, basically. Yeah, because, I mean, everybody, ha- we are all adults. We have lives. We can't yeah. always get together, like, two or three people and just jam a guitar. What do you think of this? <laughs> it just kind of happens. All it right. just kind of happens. Goodnight Parliament is a little different. Um, Shane is a genius. I would like to say that he's a genius. And I've known him for quite some time since I was a teenager. And he's technical, which is great. It's helping me grow as a basis for yeah, me. Yeah, he's pretty damn good. For me to keep up with him. <laughs> Yeah. Especially trying to fill the shoes of the, the amazing bassist that came before me. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so he usually comes up with these little quick riffs and he's... And usually it's just him jamming on the guitar, but he's just trying something new. And then we'll be kind of like, that's catchy. Let's try it. And then we build on it from there. But it just becomes something really good. Within about, I would say, maybe a month's time we have like 90% of a song down. Okay, so it's Loop. another um, it's another in the band room yeah. kind of collective kind of writing. Yeah, we're not teenagers anymore, Chris. I know, you have <laughs> so to tell me that. I'm freaking old as fuck. Yeah, we are Back's old. been killing me all day. <laughs> Hopped up on painkillers. Yeah, I'm old. It's yeah. full moon, you know. That's what it is. It's full moon. Full moon killing me today. <laughs> no, but for reals, I mean, I guess with most people, most people our age, you know, they do that. They, the only time you get a chance to sit down and actually work on music is in the band room. In the band room. You can't do it at home. And depending on the band it is and how many gigs you have, do you really have the time to work on new songs? Exactly. It's the same thing I tell people. I mean, you, either you're practicing for a gig or you take, you're putting in the time to write. Correct. And it's tough. And I think a lot of people like lose their way in that regard because they're like, they get so caught up like we had to do a show like well, it depends because okay, I, I know I keep bringing a bang seat, but I mean it's fine. I, you were just in them for <laughs> an entire year and change. You know what I mean? It's just a year, but um, nonetheless, okay. So with banga seed, banga seed, everybody is young, and the only old ass inside the band. Well, was in the band, and you know everybody has things like Johnny has a beautiful kid, yeah, and he has work. So you know he has these things. Uh, the rest of them are young as well and doing their other thing their own thing um, so money is going to different places so we decided okay we're going to do as many shows as we can mm-hmm. and save up the money and do it, put it towards recording fair enough thank god we got a chance to put do at least a full recording of us one of the songs by Zach Zach did an amazing job and I think they're going to release it at the end of this month alright for it's Christmas I guess, sure. Uh-huh. For Christmas, yeah. This should be out before, yeah, before the month is done. No, but it's, 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 uh, it, to me, it's completed. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know if they want to go and tweak it anymore, but it's completed. And it's, you know, you have to... Nobody really had the extra income, the expendable income, to put towards it. So yeah. a lot of bands, Pangasin using it as an example, has been able to, to, well, fortunately enough, to be able to do enough shows. But... Here comes the problem. Shows are happening so often and are unfortunately being so poorly attended. I mean, thank God for people like Luke yeah. and Shannon who appear at all these shows, be it south, north, wherever. 
But I mean, even they get tired of going to these shows and seeing these same people play these same things. Yeah, I can't, I can't go to shows all the time because work. And also the same thing you're saying, you get you get show fatigue. I'd rather go to like one or two good shows for the year than 12 mediocre shows. If you understand I don't think we at least five shows <laughs> throughout and the year. I don't know. Trace, how many shows have you been to this year? Too many. Too many. Too many. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, um, what happened is you go to these shows and they're not the promoters are not paying you well enough or you know you gotta beg people to buy tickets and yeah uh, exactly and the thing is the bands that are a lot of the bands that are doing it are doing these shows are doing these smaller shows I should say are doing it for chump change and I could safely say that I would like to blame the promoter now, a lot of promoters have tried to counter this by saying, hey, what? These are tickets. You get paid by how many tickets you sell. And that kind of puts the ball in the band's court as opposed to the promoter. Yeah. And, I mean, rightfully so. That's one last thing the promoter has to worry about. But I believe if you're going to throw a proper show, you should be able to pay the band regardless. Hey, but um, there's, you see... In my experience with it, is the, the selling tickets thing happens all over the world because it's it's there. It's your way of being like, as a band, you're earning. You keep any sense right. that, like you know, expenses are covered. You're practically getting a spot where you, all you have to worry about is selling the tickets and everything else is covered. Uh, see, you made a good point. Yeah. All around the world, we are talking about Trinidad, where people will be like. Yeah, I don't know if I come in or hold a ticket for me. Never talk to you for the rest of the time and then show up outside the show. Yeah, that ticket you have for me. <laughs> well, not even that because it's only recently and I would like to say it's recently that people are uh, promoters are starting to raise door price compared to ticket price. Oh, and sometimes pages, but now it's actually being like dramatic. Yeah, a dramatic jump. That, well, that's what I'm, I was meaning yeah. to say. Sorry. Yeah, before it was like a $20 difference. Okay, fine. I'll pay a $20 difference. What used to annoy me is that a lot of people used to complain $60 to see those five bands. But when you actually show up, you're spending $300 and $500 on the, the bar. And you don't give a shit. Drunk out of your mind. I just don't get it today, you know. You're and I'm just like, you're fast for a $60 ticket. Fine, you're fast for a $100 ticket because yeah. you know what? Prices of everything is going up. Mm-hmm. Price of living, bad. Yeah. Doubles is five dollars, dog. Boy. And a hundred dollars a ticket is actually just quite justifiable nowadays. It is. I mean, given the cost of like a good sound and stuff like that, it is yeah. It's it's pricey. It's not cheap. It isn't. To, and these people have to do. Uh, it's to hire a sound man to get you sounding good. It's it's big money. I know guys like oh, Tia and Marty and Glenn and stuff. They they real have to bust their ass, and I can understand. I can I know why they justify the cost because it's a lot of work. Yeah, they've invested quite of their own hard-earned money to get pretty damn good equipment. But it's not just that; it's a lot of work to load in. Of course. To pull. I mean, I freaking hate taking an amp to a show. I don't do it anymore. But you know, that's just. How? I don't even own an amp. <laughs> so you're a bassist. You don't need to own an amp, son. Hey, hey, hey. You just hey. go straight to the board. Fine. Us bassists always get treated so badly. Well, <laughs> board's in your name, son. Thanks, eh? 
No, but I, I understand, <laughs> and it's tough. And, you know, I think the general public doesn't understand that, like, when you buy a ticket from a band, yeah. they get paid. And that's what I try to tell some of my friends now, like, the ones who aren't in the scene, who aren't in bands, I'd be like, hey, if you purchase a ticket from me, even if you don't come... You're supporting me. My band is going to get paid. Right. And sometimes it works with like, boy, a car really, but uh, here, I'll buy a ticket. Or I'll put, here's a, here's a $30 towards a ticket. Then I don't take it and say, I can give somebody a discount because you put something towards Correct. Yeah, how to get creative with it, man. You know what I mean? Like, I always try to be anytime that somebody I know who's never been to our show before and they mm-hmm. want to come, I would dip into my pocket and actually purchase their ticket for them. Okay. And tell them to come. Or if somebody gives me the money, say, I can't come, but here's a ticket. I would then pass that ticket on to somebody who, you know, who's never seen us before, want to come out and check it out. Yeah, somebody who's interested. Well, just who I would quite say, because I can't, like, get you to pay for something blindly that you don't know anything about. True. So, you know, you give them a free ticket and say, here, come. Or you give them a reduced cost and say, come have a good time. And if they like it, great. And if they don't like it, they will never come again. <laughs> and give I them think, the benefits of I the I think you have, to, you have to get creative as, like, you know, band people to make sure that is always done but you know again if it was easy everybody could have sell out shows you know correct it's it's fucking tough out there and the fact that we're having more and more and more shows yeah that is that's the unfortunate part not only that we are having more and more shows that we are having what I would call just by phrase alone rum shop shows I was about to come and say that same exact thing. Come inside a rum shop. No, the thing is, I'm not. I'm not calling the venues that we play at rum shops. Although some of them are, but some of them are pretty good establishments for what they are. Unfortunately, the vibe you get is a rum shop show. You get these people who are drunk out of their mind all the time. I can't tell you the amount of, the amount of shows I've played this year, where my shoes, my pants, even my my jerseys while I am on stage performing has gotten soaked down by rum huh. and beer huh. because people headbanging great you're having a great time and then but why is my leg wet I'm on stage and what is stage the stage is literally a corner of the same room on the same level huh wow well, you, play some, well, you play some bangers there boy See, this hey, is like, people will, hey, at least people enjoy themselves this is why we open <laughs> So that this nonsense doesn't happen. We actually played a casino two weeks, three weeks ago. Okay, nice. And that was, that was kind of cool. I mean, got paid, stuff. Thank God I didn't carry an amp because I didn't want to walk up those stairs. Ooh. Yeah, cure up, boy. Mm. Up, you're talking I about know which one you're talking about. Plenty stairs. Yeah, boy. Fuck that. I remember as a teenager when I was in my first band, we had to move around the bass amp. Ah. And oh my God, it was... Myself, Nikolai Sam, and Mark Wallace huh. having to move this one huge-ass cabinet. And we were all skinny at that point in time. Clearly, that's not the case anymore. You got that dad bod, man. You know, that's yeah. what kids do. You get that dad bod. But I had dad bod before I had a kid. Anyway. Um, well, yeah, but we were, all, we were these, like, three skinny kids with uh, Philip Ramos and uh, my other friend, Chris Dean, you know, in my first band. And it was like... Man, moving up these things on steep stairs is like, oh my god. And then you turn around, guys, the drum kit now. 
Yeah, yeah, you, you see now, you see, and you see, this is the things that like a properly organized show would be covered. They would have a backline amp. Yeah. They would have a kit on site. Well, clearly the Proper shows sound. have gotten better since. They have got. I mean, because these, but then now. again, these costs add up. Yes, they do. And you know, you have to explain these to the the non-show going public because even soca artists charge. I think like to just sing over a mic. Sometimes a night could be like thirty five hundred dollars, depending on who it is. Yeah. And just for half an hour to sing over a track. Yeah. But you know, these things cost money. Entertainment costs money, and. It, takes time yeah and you the have to put rock money. scene has been shit upon quite often but we ourselves have not been helping it that much how so look at all the look at all the dramas that happened this year alone yeah let's do let's do a quick year in review since we talk about rum shop and stuff like that what because I know you made a, a, a tweet earlier today where you talk about like Trinidad's like a seven day society yeah, we say one thing; it, it becomes the center of attention for like seven or eight days, and then all of a sudden, it for, we forget about it. All right. So, for example, they had a show that I did perform at uh-huh. with Bangaseed down in South. I'm not calling names; I'm just seeing certain things. We played a show in South. Passy Lighthouse. Passy Lighthouse. I'm just going to say Passy Lighthouse. <laughs> just say Passy Lighthouse. And a huge thing came out of it. Because an article was posted the week before. Uh-huh. Not related to the show. Not related to the show. Okay. But the act of what happened or acts implemi- um, implied towards what had happened in the article uh-huh. happened at said show. Okay. Names were called and whatever the case may be. Um, one of the names called, which I will not call... Um, he decided to make this a joke. Okay. Like people were accusing him and he decided he's going to run with it as a joke. But this is not a joke, man. This yeah. is really... We already don't have many females coming out to the rock scene. Yeah. Women don't want to come to a bunch of creepy old drunk guys in a rum shop. Fact of the matter is, you know, they they have take my wife to shows normally and sometimes I watch the crowd there and I'm like, huh, we wouldn't come and lime in these places. But a lot of these people do actually don't go to these places. They only go because of the shows. Exactly. But besides that, like I'm usually bouncing around a show, and I'm just always keeping an eye out for all the females that I happen uh-huh. to know. Like, hey, that guy getting too close, and I'll just kind of walk past. And if she's like, hey, this person is, cause I'm the little chubby white boy who walks around. I'm yeah, the, I'm you, the I'm you the know hugger. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, I always have good intention in my heart. Is is I mean this this kind of shit you're. Yeah, expect it not to be like a problem yeah. in 2019. We and we're closing out a decade in a couple of weeks, and we're s- and shit is still happening. Nonetheless, going back to wh- what I was getting at, this thing happened. He uh, made a joke about it. People decided they're going to uh, boycott shows if he was in it. Oh my! They even they even got his band kicked off of a bill around that same time because he was wow. supposed to play some show. His band was supposed to play some show. And recently, and I will say today, I saw that his ban is on a bill. And I'm like, oh, oh. Oh. And I'm thinking, these other bands that are on it, fine. They are cool guys. The other bands, the members of the other band. But you are cool with playing with in a band with a guy who was, even if he did or did not do it, 
he was making fun of something that was really a sensitive topic that yeah. should not be made fun of. Okay. I mean, I, I get what you're that saying. Is unfortunate. At the same time, too, um, if he hasn't apologized or anything about it, he's a fucking idiot. He is. Um, but if he did apologize, and he probably, because I don't know, I don't know what the fallout was from that, but looking at it from an, you know, an instant by standard outside looking in, if somebody fucks up, they admit that they fuck up and they apologize for it and they're willing to realize that they were wrong, you know, and learn from it. There's nothing you can really do about it. Like, how long are you going to blacklist somebody from making a stupid comment? Well, see, it wasn't just a stupid comment. He was one of the accused. Well, so it's not just making a comment. Aha. He, you are accused. You are accused of something. You didn't. You clearly didn't deny. You clearly didn't admit. So it's ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But then you continue making fun of it. Okay. On a very nasty level. And he did it for a couple of weeks well after the whole dramas. Oh, well, yeah, like, well, then he's a freaking idiot. Well, then, yeah. Like, apology I mean, or not, I that doesn't count for shit. I, I could understand fully why you would be upset and why people would be upset about it. Because, I mean, I personally don't give in to, like, cancel culture and stuff like that because I think it's kind of stupid. Mm. Because, you know, yeah, people make mistakes and stuff like that, but you can't just, like, completely judge somebody like write off somebody because of one mistake that they made but if they continually make said mistake well then by all means they're digging their own grave and if they have a bill and nobody attends and they can do a million shows and nobody attends i mean that's their business i guess but i mean like i said it's the other people the other people who are performing alongside the other bands that are performing in a sense, you're kind of supporting this dude. I mean... It's kind of like saying, if he's but not, I'm cool with whatever he if, did once I'm getting a chance promoter, to play. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I think that's the thing. I mean, it's like, you as a band, you come on, you're not sharing the stage to the sense that they're doing songs and stuff together. You know, you're bringing your people, you're doing your stuff. You just want to get paid. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, and if it comes back to the thing where you're like selling tickets and stuff like that, the people who are going to the show then like just don't buy tickets from that one band just don't go when they're playing you know what I mean they have ways you can because yeah, remember nobody cares about that anymore yeah bro. but the thing is people are just gonna reach whenever they decide to reach yeah I mean just, I've, I've seen there. bands come and like see their friends and then digs out and stuff like that I mean yeah. it kind of sucks but at the same time too the scene is kind of small it is very small and if you know we scrunt in to sell tickets for people to come to shows and then like say for example you go signed on to a show and it's like yes this is like our last show for the year and we can't sell tickets because one asshole bounds on a bill I mean then get the guy kicked off the bill I and mean, play your yeah, show yeah but this is the thing though I mean you could you could leave, if you're tight enough with your fan base to be like look you don't have to listen to these guys play around holding a gun to your head you're coming to see us come and see the other bands okay or just I, I I I dare, I, know you, I dare you to name 50 people that are dedicated to only one band. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's get 50 insert coin fans now. Yeah, okay, uh-huh, great. Uh-huh. I understand that. Uh-huh. No problem. Touché. But everybody who is a fan of a band locally yeah. is obviously a fan of other bands. Yeah, they can be. But again... That, that's what I'm trying to get at. Insert coin control show by themselves. Yes, and get 50 people. But those same, same 50 people... Are, 
are not going to be like, well, I'm not going to anybody else's show. I know. But you have to understand, too, you also have to know your, um, your base. And you have to be in tune with your base as well to that point. Because I know that the people that will come and listen to us, that would actually buy tickets from us, may not go to certain shows if we sign with certain bands. So those are the people we don't approach. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Every venue we play, we know who is going to come and who to approach. If we play a certain show in the West, we know who the West people will come. If we play in Central, East, or even South, we have to fine-tune who comes. I mean, yeah. also, too, as a band, you have to be smart. You can't just do shows for doing shows sake. Oh, God, that is another thing. And then people complaining, oh, but you do not show the same time as me. And da, da, da. It's like, but people who come into your show, I'm pretty sure are not going to be coming to my show. Again. Because the bands that are on your bill mm-hmm. are playing a particular genre of music. And you have your fans that do listen to that, as opposed to the type of fans that will come to my show. I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's just, again, it's all products. It's all problems from a very small scene. And until we can rope in more crab casuals. in barrel. Not just crab in barrel. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just effects of a small scene. If we have 500 people who go to shows in Trinidad and Tobago who go to rock shows regularly, we have plenty. Yeah. So. That is also true. I mean, it's just, we just have to be, everybody kind of wants, everybody wants to cash in. Well, like you said earlier, show saturation. It's show saturation, yeah. Because my, my good friend, Luke. Yeah. Love him to bits. You see him, you have to run up and hug him. Yeah. It's Luke. And he hasn't been to a couple of shows as well. And on his own accord. And he said, I'm just tired. I have work and stuff like that. I can't be at every show. Exactly. And I totally respect that. That's why you had a... So when you have way too many shows... Well, on. again, you have to you have to change the target because I can't target people my age that much because most of them fathers with kids and wives and they can't come to certain shows at certain Correct. times. You can't get them out in the middle of the night. So you just have to target for younger people. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. If you have younger people in your band, you know, they're the people that are putting the work because they had a free time. Yeah. I mean, look at BTA. BTA get young people to come out because... They're a young band, and they're the people that have the free times. I mean, they may not have a lot, a lot of money to spend. <laughs> when you're older, you have the money, but you don't have the time. When you're yeah. young, you have the time, but you don't have the money. Well, I mean, they have quite a decent fan base. Yeah. Because they have the um, the older heads like me. I would gladly go and listen to um, BT anytime. Exactly. But they're young. That's why they can invest so much time in the crop, but they can also build their base. Yes. They're young be- and their young bass listens because Donnie's episode on my podcast has done pretty good. Yeah. And it's a completely different demographic compared to the people who I normally get because I see the analytics. And yeah. power to them. It just you just have to understand that's just how I'll it is. I'll apologize from now if nobody listens to this podcast. That's okay. It's just people, me. Pe- people will no surprisingly people listen. A lot of people don't see, but they listen. Yeah. And up to today somebody messaged me like, hey, when your next podcast coming out, you've been quiet. You only release one episode in October. Horse is my birthday month, all right? I just had to take a little time off. And then I had anniversary. I had ting. Ting but for soup. My life, life gets in the way. It's, of course. It's tough. And of course. As we discussed earlier, you know, it's, it's just you just had to do it. And 
it is what it is. And the whole thing with like boycotting people and the scene in Trinidad and Tobago, hopefully it it gets better. Yeah. And the individual you're speaking of, I will tell you right now, got pissed because we didn't want to do a show with them. But simply because we told them, um, you had to come real good if you want to join us. And that's just the fact of the matter is, you know, you, you have to meet our demands if you want us to play. And if you don't meet those, as small as it is, yeah. we ain't going to play. Yeah, he was visibly upset, but same time too, you know, two hands clap. Yeah, I mean, y'all didn't play, so they went for the next next band that was willing to have to play a show. And they have bands that constantly are willing to play shows whole time. Regardless, because I know. Because you get paid in rum sometimes. You get paid in rum, you get paid in cash, but then you know what? If just the fact of playing on stage, yeah, it's fun. It's a little tiring for me sometimes because as I get older, it's just <laughs> harder and harder to do. You don't it, sir. You know, I mean, I like doing it, but gosh, boy, it's just plenty. Nah, the only thing I can't really stand is playing a show where I was cutted to go on, let's say, 11 o'clock as quote-unquote the headliner, uh-huh. and 2 o'clock meets me at the, at the venue, and I'm now going on stage. Horse, that is one thing that needs to stop in Trinidad. And Worse people. yet. You, you see that? Um, Worse yet if it's a, a South show. Not that I'm knocking South shows, but at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm now going on to exert energy. I'm already tired. I'm yes. a little tipsy. Been drinking. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. you're liming. And then after I've exerted that much energy, half hour, 45 minutes, however long it is, to then drive, usually drive up to Digger Martin by myself. Yeah, that I'm is usually like dead tired. Yeah, um, my wife has seen me make those drives already, like from south after loading, and it's like you just want to die. Yeah, because after you, after you play, you can't even just park your car right away. You have to now breathe, breeze out a little bit. Like, Jesus Christ, I'm done. I'm, I'm sweaty. I'm exhausted. Let me just breathe first and a second before I could go do. So anything. how do you um? Like, how do you come down after a show? Like, do you have, like, a ritual like, the next day, or...? No, no. I, I don't have time to have a ritual. Usually, most shows happen on a weekend. Mm-hmm. And, well, I share custody for my kid. I know, yeah. So, I have her on weekends. So, I usually have to ask, like, my mom, hey, just look, a, look at her for the night. Or I'll even ask um, Sage's mother to hold her for the night. And I'll just t- pick her back up in the morning. But I have to pick her back up in the morning. So no matter what time I arrive home, be it 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, because Jesus Christ, it's running late. At 7 o'clock, by your bottom dollar, I have to be picking up my kid. Yeah. Thank God a lot of times my mom is willing to babysit for me, and I could come home, and well, I just like tag her out. Okay, go in your bed. I'm gonna, I'll just take over from here and hug up my child. That's all. So you don't take, like, mental... You should take a mental break sometime, you know, it can help. Well, I mean... Um, I did a lot most of my shows this year was definitely with Bamba Seed mm-hmm. and well um, I wish them the best of luck I, I can't wait for them to just get onto the recording scene because they have great music to put out I absolutely love the music and I have nothing against you guys I'm just I'm exhausted from playing so many shows yeah and I'm kind of glad that I kind of have back my weekends most of my weekends yeah breaks are good I mean, uh, I was actually having a conversation with Aaron before he came on the podcast. Like, we were just here talking about breaks. And you should definitely, like, um, I was reading an article earlier today that's saying, like, you know, taking breaks for 
mental health helps. Yeah. Because it's something we don't seem to do. Is like the article is basically saying it's probably written by some millennial somewhere saying that you should take a day off from we are work. millennials just by the yeah, way. <laughs> but this well, this is like Gen Z, I guess, the younger ones. Yeah. Or you should take time off from work because mental health is important. Well, I mean, stress is more rampant now than it was back in the day. Yeah. I mean, stress is stress no matter what. But because there's so many other things that are developed that you're in tune with compared to back then, mm-hmm. you know, you feel a little more stressed out. I think it's the always-on society. We're always wired. We're always tuned in. Yeah, we're attached something. to so many different things. It's like we don't ever sit down and, like, read. Like, my wife reads, like, in the middle of the night sometimes. Five o'clock in the morning, her head's in a book. Like, it's crazy, man. She, like, reads, like, a workhorse. How to tell, tell her to take off the blasted light? She's probably she's probably reading right now. Lies. <laughs> Look at that smile. It's so guilty. No, well, she has a Kindle paper white. You see, so... Uh, she's, she's reading. She's yeah, just so guilty. She like, but that's, that's like her therapy. Like, yeah. that's her quiet time. To be honest, my quiet time? Killing people in video games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love playing with Sage. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We play. She's jumping on top of me. She's getting bigger now so she likes to I don't know where she's getting all these wrestling moves from I don't watch wrestling with her but oh my god she does like knee drops on me and it's like you're heavy now stop it's like you wonder like where where she gets all this damn energy from oh no I don't have to wonder she's a child she has energy yeah (laughs) she's Christ and they're strong too huh oh my god but she's solid and you know my child yeah she's bigger than I love Sage she's great she's three and a half but it's literally the size of a five-year-old. Yeah. Because she wears 5T and 5T, are, some 5T brand names are snug on her. And it's not to say that she's like an obese child. She's just big breed. She's built. <laughs> she's built, man. This is going to be trouble. She's going, she's going to tower over you, you know, I, when she's like 10. I hope so. Like 10, 12. She's going to be, she'll be like, she's like, daddy, you can't tell me nothing. I can, Listen, I can still lift you up and pelt you. Yes, I can <laughs> tell you whatever like, I you want. You can't tell me nothing, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told it and you. And, and you want to get a drop to, I was going to say globe, because, you know, that was <laughs> <laughs> Kids, do you know what globe is? <laughs> <laughs> you want to drop to movie town? Yeah, go listen. <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> Stay tuned for a sponsored message from globe. <laughs> Man, they should open that back. It actually is in use, but it only is in use for Trinidad Film Festival and big releases. Not anymore. Really? They have not opened it for anything over the last two years. I think cost to run it is becomes a problem. I know, but oh my God, I have so many fond memories of it. I that. know, everybody does, but remember, look at like cultural preservation and stuff like that in terms of historical preservation of buildings. It's there. It's I there, mean, yeah. Shit, I worked down the street from it. It's it's slowly running down over time. Yeah, because there's only so much you could do. I mean, thank God they keep putting up co- a nice coat of paint every year. But cost money. Of course. To keep that at a certain level. And like things like your Red House and stuff like that, it's very freaking expensive. Well, I mean, then they're closing up on the, on the construction. I literally work opposite the Red House. So I'm seeing this construction from nice. when they started to now. And Jesus Christ. Well, were not when they started, just within were the you last there when they, Were you there when they uncovered the Amerindian artifacts? Shh. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about the Amerindian artifacts, man. <laughs> we don't talk about that. It's ancient burial ground underneath the Red House. Naughty. I'm just kidding. 
I hear when you go inside your red house and like you look in the mirror three times, you say Abu Bakr three times, you hear the gunshots from the coup. Wow, dog. <laughs> what did you put in this coffee? <laughs> look, man. For him to be like this, what's going on? I, I popped some CBD before I came on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I only knew. <laughs> now from a sponsored message from the guys at MedMen. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> No, well, I mean, that's what that's why CBD is actually so popular in the United States right now. It's because people are taking it for stress. Well, yeah. Everything is stressful. You need to calm no the matter, hell out. No matter what you do in this life, no matter how much of a mellow life you have, you're still going to have stress. Stress is a part of life, regardless. But it's people like you, me, anybody who is into... Once you're into social media, that is stress by itself. If you have a caring heart, that is stress by huh. itself. Let me tell you something. All right. And this this has been my um my way of like taking care of you know, just to just snap out on nobody on Facebook again. I've actually calmed down a lot in the past couple of months. Yeah, we've seen thank God. This is what um this is this is this is the secret behind it. You set your time uh, on Facebook to tell you and you've been on it for more than thirty five minutes of a day. Mm. Once you get that You'll be amazed how much time you lose just on Facebook. I limit myself to 30 minutes Facebook a day is the most I can take. And then also on my and friend... I'm all happy for it. Guys, <laughs> I still have my moments. But the next thing that's important too is I mm. only share my stuff with probably about 10 to 20 people. Right. I have... An, um, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not being, I'm not being sarcastic. No, I mean, I, like, <laughs> I have like a shitload of like friends and stuff on Facebook, but the, the people who can see my shit, yeah, it's limited. It's very, very, very limited. People and who would actually interact and I actually just, I just keep my Facebook circle very, very, very small. Right, and that helps. And you can't seem to. Ba- I don't know how people can balance interactions with sixty, seventy, eighty, a hundred people at a time. And those people who, like, have their profiles so open that when they're tagged into something, yeah, that's the CBD lights kicking Ooh. in, man. No, like... We just you, got real sexy in here. When you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you tag somebody in something yeah. that everybody on their friend list sees it, like, I can't, I, ca- I can't handle that. I really can't. And social media, you need to have an interaction diet. I hear you. Like, because to me, and that, it works... It works because there have times when I like look at things and I, w- as I told you the other day, I really hate doing social media for things. I wish I could just put out my podcast and whoever wanted to listen to it, to listen to it. But people expect you to have a social media presence now. Um, yeah. It would just be because when you post something like all X amount of followers, only like 10% of them get to see it. And then like, you know, Facebook's like, give me your fucking money. And then they, only 20% will see it and give me more fucking money and then like 30%. They're a business. It's just driving me freaking crazy. They're and a like, business. And then you leave your account for like three days and you're like, hey man, you know, your 350 followers haven't heard from you recently. Yeah. Maybe you should um hit that dopamine button, you know, and, and share a little post. You know, that's what it fucking is. Of course, it's like a drug. It, it's a, it's like well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a shit. It's a business. It's a money making business. It's not just that. I mean, it's like give us your money. We'll yeah. share it with all kind of people that have no idea who the hell you are. Yeah. And uh, um, 
oh, you've been quiet. You should be back on to do a post and give us more It's like your 500 followers need to hear from you, man. It's like, this post is doing well. You've reached 11,000 people. It's like, could I see who those 11,000 people are? Nope, fuck you. It's like, you can't see that. Yeah. And that's unless you pay for it. Unless you pay for it. But, you know, it's... People have to understand that Facebook is just business and you know if yeah. it's free you are the product correct you are the product. such a whore it is uh, not me and freaking that anymore no? so to, i tell you 2020 you sh- i challenge people who listen to only general podcasts in 2020 try and reduce your facebook just just try and any social media just kind of dial it back a little bit you'll you'll be remember, happy for it i'm not gonna lie i remember in was it last year yeah 2018 for about six months, I came off of Facebook, I deactivated, and man, I felt like I had so much time to myself. Yeah. Like, and people were like, you saw what this guy shared? Like, no. No? What did he share? No. I don't really care. I mean, I was on Twitter, and I was on Instagram, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you're still getting that, you're still getting that social media fix. Yeah, but I mean... It's a different level. Facebook is its own thing. It's its own entity. Yeah. Instagram, you could scroll through. I get. I. I'm not gonna lie. I get bored of Instagram pretty quickly. Can't if I don't stand f- that shit. If I don't find interesting posts within about thirty seconds, I take it off, and probably an hour or two hours later, I might jump back on and see whatever has been refreshed to something else. My Instagram. Twitter is annoying depending on where who you follow. Oh fuck that. I, I got onto something what is called what is called an I air quote here black Twitter. Huh. And that shit is the funniest thing ever. Oh Trini Twitter is pretty bad itself. I really Ugh, I am not that much into I have a little bit of Trini Twitter, but I I have more like African American uh Twitter yeah. and oh my god. Black Twitter people, is um, just freaking different. It's so entertaining. <laughs> they woke as shit. Oh but my 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 social media interaction now my wife sends me cats and stuff like that it like makes my day it's just like yeah, I, I look forward to that like <laughs> she sends me some of the coolest fucking shit like in terms of cat it was that little asshole you sent me earlier today um there was like one in snow and like cats like you know three quarters covered and you just have his fucking tail and he looks stupid as fuck and I'm like I'm all cool with that you know what I mean like that's what it is and that's basically pushing that shit back and forth but I posted a video earlier it wasn't a cat hmm. sorry but it was more like a mouse or a rat and they added a Super Mario sound effects to it like yeah. it was on a, on a on a door frame top of a door frame and I wanted to jump to like I guess a vent and it couldn't make it didn't make the jump it jumped and then they did the Mario just <laughs> sound effect from the jump and it fell yeah out of frame and it gives you the whole death that shit um, I go ape shit for that stuff yeah I love that, that. that and the memes man you know, oh. that stuff's good you see and that's that's what happens when you come off Facebook after X amount of times like that like the first couple of weeks when I was doing this like the fear of missing out was starting to be like it's like, it's like dude man they're gonna share some fucking weak ass shit and I'm not gonna see it I'm not gonna see it because I'm not fucking there, and that's yeah. that's what you have to balance. You know what, everybody? You know what? Next month, next year, what you're gonna do is, we're gonna get a month. We're gonna get some of my die-out followers. I'm gonna be like, hey, we're gonna have a social media lock-off month. Everybody just lock it off and do shit old school. 
really doubt that's gonna happen. <laughs> if it's only three people, you know, and make it a challenge, do it for charity or some shit. And we don't know if anybody's going to pay attention because no one's going to be able to share anything because we're not going to be on fucking Facebook. Yeah, you see, this is I know this is not going to happen. This is what it comes <laughs> back to. You know what I mean? It's yeah. tough. It is tough. Anthony Board, it is getting very late. It is getting late. And People we, have work in the morning. We're old. And um, those of you who've, who've been around a long time will have to know that Anthony and I actually did a pair podcast before. Yeah. This we did the podcast. Nobody asked I think for. I think that's what inspired this whole yeah. thing for you, right? And then the um the one we did about flooding. Yes. We had the flood cast. Yeah, the flood cast was quite fun with, actually. With the Nahus guy, um Paul. Paul Nahus. Paul Nahus. And a good on. friend of mine, Peter Dino, as well. Yes. Yes. I hope those guys are doing well. Yeah. Pe- well, Peter works with me. Very nice. He's into IT. Really funny. Kind of weird, but that's all right. I could say that. He's a good guy. And, and Paul, Paul is an amazing guy. And Paul is just freaking busy with everything. Yeah, he is. But he's and an election amazing. coming up, so he's even Oh, because he's even worse. More, 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 more busy. Oh, my God. I feel it's sorry tough. for him. <laughs> well, as always, before we close our episode, tell everybody where they could find you, Anthony. Well, because you have a long laundry list. Pull out, pull out all your credentials there, please. <laughs> Hold on. Pull the Rolodex. Let's, let's, let's start going through this. I'm just hey kidding. Hey, kids, do you know what a Rolodex is? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. So I will have my usual uh, online handle, which is BeastyTachi, Beast, I-T-A-C-H-I, one word. You can find me on Snapchat, unfortunately. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, SoundCloud. Now, there's a, a old SoundCloud um profile that i have oh. which is on my old facebook account and that has like just super normal stuff on it oh, nice. so if you if you open, search for bc tachi and you see anthony bc tachi board that's the old account fuck that i have one that's just bc tachi official but does it have any like um super normal deep cuts on it or nah, just whatever was um whatever's on the al- um the album itself oh okay like i posted it before we actually had an album we had oh, nice. full uh, recorded songs. We wanted to get it out there for people to hear before we actually put it on the album. When SoundCloud was a thing. Well, SoundCloud is still technically a thing. Yeah. I follow a couple of people. Very cool. And I, I like their production. You know? It's like, hey, hey. this all shit and great. <laughs> so that's just, that's where we can find you. Anthony yeah. Board. And of course, you could always catch them in Goodnight Parliament. Of course. Anytime you have any shows, look out for us. It's fantastic. The Owls, their album should be dropping sometime next Soon. year at some point I'm not going to give any information on that at all sometime in the next decade the album will be here hey you're both accurate and inaccurate <laughs> hey but man 2019 is done we start in the 2020s you know yeah. 2020 is going to be a different year man and I'm I'm, lo- I'm actually looking forward to it yeah, I have a couple of things on the rise I don't want to give any information about that either that's personal stuff but Man, next year is going to be a different year for me, and I'm going to be happy about that. It's going to be fucking different for me, too, because for the first entire month of January, I'm going to be writing 2-9 instead of 2-0 oh, on my year, and it's going to drive me nuts for about three weeks. Anthony, thanks a lot for coming. Thanks for Thank filling so in much. for Blinky. Yeah. I hope yeah. he recovers quickly, man. I hope he comes on. Promise me sometime, possibly before Christmas. Done. Who knows? This could be a few season finale. It could not. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening.
thank you for listening to this episode. We would like to thank the Caribbean Podcast directly for giving us a shout out this month. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and your preferred streaming platform. All applicable links are available in the show notes on anchor.com slash only generally.